Welcome to another Gear in Review. I'm Bobby Ritu. And I am Mark Berry. The one and only Mark Berry. I wish. We've been through this before. I know. There's okay. a lot of us out there. So, uh, uh, real quick, <laughs> is there other redhead Mark Berries? You know, there is. There is. I've seen them in that Facebook group. Does anyone know how to do video editing like you? I don't know about that now. Maybe I am unique. You could be maybe unique. I, maybe I am. We'll see. The unique Mark Berry. The one that's redhead. Does video editing, animation, and dabbles in audio editing. And loves, loves, using loves. Using that criteria, I probably am unique. <laughs> what is your greatest Mark Berry passion? Oh, video production. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, enough about us. Hey, real quick, the shout-out to Touchpoint.Health. They are the people that take care of us, host our wonderful podcast here called Gear and Review. Check them out. You will see some great stuff there. Also, Intersection Podcast, where I host a podcast on uh, storytelling and the rich uh, intersections that we find in all the stories that we tell. So today we're going to talk an update episode from uh, episode 15 um, about live streaming. And this came out of a webinar I was doing for the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship corporate office. We were I was asked to do it uh, a webinar on a few things related to marketing and communicating digitally for your church. And so I'd put together um, uh, how to really leverage the Google platform and many other tools for churches that are medium and small churches. And so CBF or Cooperative Baptist Fellowship asked me to talk about it. And so one question was, is how do my, how does my church that has a small budget live stream and do it effectively as a uh, mission initiative to reach the homebound? And I was like, that's a great question. And so anyway, we're going to talk about this today. And we a few years ago, we started working on this. And the next thing you know, I think Mark's church asked him to how to do this. Yep. yep. How's it helping them? Well, I wasn't directly involved in setting up, but you know, I approached you about it and told you that they had a live or a live streaming need, and you kind of gave me a list of steps and equipment and how to set up, and I just I just passed along the list that you gave me, and a month later they were up and running. Well, so. we're really excited about it because we're starting to help Mm -hmm. Small and medium-sized organizations, specifically churches that are mm -hmm. that have a good congregational base, yep. and from a business standpoint, they're brand advocate based, the people that love them the most. And so, one of the biggest reasons why live streaming has become an important tool for churches is that many churches realize that not everybody can be at church on Sunday. We are in a very different generational approach to uh, how churches engage their congregations and recognize a few things. One, many people are traveling. Many people have flexible schedules where their work schedules, where they're ha working in manufacturing or they're traveling on Sundays. And they also have a lot of missionaries abroad. And they also have individuals 
that physically just can't make it to church but have been going for years, but because of a disability or some sort of um, situation health-wise that has kept them from showing up to church, to leverage live stream to keep them engaged and bring a message to them by watching on their phones or their laptops or whatever it may be. And so this is a great tool to talk about. Uh, one of the things we talked about earlier um, in episode 15 was the equipment. And the equipment's the same, and I'm putting the same list up. Um, also, the software's the same. And we're going to put the, the, the link to the software. The big thing here is that we're leveraging the Google and Facebook platform to deliver the stream to people. Um, from a church perspective... Do you think, Mark, that the, your church is getting the most out of it? Do you feel like they're really leveraging it? And has this been a beneficial thing for them? Absolutely. And it, it basically solved the problem you talked about in terms of people being able to enjoy the service remotely. But their outreach in particular was really geared towards shut-ins, elderly people who could no longer make it to church. Um, I mean, I'm sure... You know, people who are on vacation and stuff take advantage of it, but it it was really more of a ministry to the shut-ins. Um, and I just I don't want to get off base, but I, I know most of my experience in live streaming has been in like really big events when I'm behind a camera and there's a director managing the live stream from different camera angles. Uh, with your work in working with churches, does it ever make sense to scale up a live stream or is it? Do you try to keep it as streamlined, as intuitive as possible? That's a great question, especially when you're trying to build a team of people, of volunteers at a church mm -hmm. to, to manage it. Um, the first thing that I wanted to do was get the infrastructure into place. Mm, gotcha. um, I wanted to get software, which we are using Wirecast, made by Telestream. It's going to be in the link below. Mm -hmm. We use the Pro version, so it's about 700 bucks. And it gives you a lot of flexible options, specifically multiple cameras you can use that you can cut between two or three cameras. Mm -hmm. It gives you the ability to use a, a text editor so you can put names of people below them oh, on wow. the screen. And you can do it dynamically. Specifically, you can change the name in real time. Wow. And those cameras, are they electronic? Yes. Oh, wow, okay. So it's really everything that happens in, quote-unquote, a big live event. Absolutely. But with one controller. With one controller, wow. which is your laptop. It's That's just a software cool. on your laptop. I know. It's just amazing to me because the live events I've been to, you know, you got, you got five camera people, five yep. giant cameras, three directors, yep. a switchboard. Yep. And, you know, not, not that that's irrelevant now or anything but it's just amazing that you're able to have all of that control and do essentially the same thing with your laptop and some electronic cameras yes and pretty wirecast. much and wirecast yeah. the the biggest thing that i'm going to share here that i think is so important that churches don't think about that is a an important part of the infrastructure is a good internet connection oh yeah and not a wi-fi connection. Mm. Our church, um, which seats about 1,200 people, um, has a balcony, and we had to get a wired connection installed in the balcony 
to go to the laptop so that we would not overload the Wi-Fi connection in the church with the stream. It was an, a high-definition stream, so it took up a lot of bandwidth. Yeah. And so we had to have a special wire connection wired into the church um, from our provider uh, from the box so that we could have access to a direct tap into the internet. So instead of using Wi-Fi, we plugged directly into the router. And so that was an important part of that infrastructure. That allowed the church, when they were going through that process of looking for that new updated internet connection, to get the best deals because we updated our uh, – at Boulevard Baptist Church in Anderson, we actually updated our phone system and everything else for a better price through that upgrade of technology. So we were able to negotiate that with charter communications. A lot of companies would allow you to do that because the growing need for access to the Internet. And so we leveraged that opportunity. It's funny because – that, that seems like something that would be so easy to overlook, and it is overlooked. But, you know, when you play a video on Facebook, it's different than when you're watching a live video on Facebook. That's right. What's the difference between those two? Well, the live video is actually sometimes if you don't have a good connection, it's going to buffer. If the live stream that is producing the stream from the church doesn't mm. have a good connection, yeah. it will buffer. The, the, the equipment at the church is having to push all that data through in yes. real time. Right. Whereas when you watch it on Facebook, you're just, you're just playing a video file from the Facebook server. That's right. Wow. And so here, it allows us to set up a good infrastructure yeah. for us on the beginning. And so when we put together the capital purchasing list for the next budget year, we included that in that request. It's going to take this much money to buy equipment, hmm. a laptop, uh, the camera, the all the little pieces, the earphones, the bag, all that stuff. And then also the amount of money it's going to cost per month to pay for the new infrastructure. And it was a reduced cost. Um but uh, we had to add some other things, so we actually had to pay for some additional p pieces to have that uh, infrastructure in place from an internet connection. But we planned it out accordingly. And so this podcast is meant for those people that are looking ahead to start planning for the next budget year mm -hmm. to think, what are the things that I need? And so we've got that list of tools here. We've got the camera. We've got the laptop in here all the little wires to plug into the Mac laptop. Um, the camera uh, signal converter, it takes a wire out of the camera into this box uh, that is made by Blackmagic. And this little box, if you see in the list, um, the Blackmagic Intensity Shuttle will allow you to convert that video signal into uh, something that the computer can recognize and use with the software. Um, we also include all the cords. Um, this camera right here, the XA11, um, you can actually find that uh, a more upgraded version like the XA20, 25, and so on uh, at a better price, but this is the one that we currently uh, use currently at uh, Boulevard Baptist Church. Um, I include the laptop, 
And so these are all the, the pieces that you need. Then you've got to look at your uh, budget. Then you've got to look at software. I really get excited about the software because here's one thing that we're doing, Mark. We're dual streaming. We're streaming to YouTube and to Facebook. And people are probably wondering, like, why are you streaming to both? So here is our strategy. The YouTube stream is meant specifically for our shut-ins. We promote that to them through our email newsletters because it's a special, it's a one link that they can always go to to find the service. Hmm. And they click that link and it will always be in the same space all the time to watch the service. That's interesting. And so we tell all of our congregation and all of our shut-ins that is one spot. And so if you go to boulevardbaptist.com, you will see a link at the top of the website that says live stream. You click it and it takes you to the YouTube live stream and it's the same link every week. So how does that work? Does YouTube just reserve that link for you? Yes. Almost like they do for a video? Yes. Because each video has its own identifier. Right. Does that link just have its own identifier? It's just live all the time. It is the unique identifier for their live stream for your channel. Okay. And after it's done, YouTube automatically puts it in as a finalized video and creates its separate video for you to put into a playlist. And so what we do is we record the video that's coming out of the computer into the live stream uh, on YouTube. And once it's done, we get make sure the name is right and then we add it to a playlist called 2019 Worship Services. Hmm. And what that does, it that playlist is on our website. So you always go to the same place where the worship services are located, and you will find the most up-to-date worship service in a playlist for you to watch. So what happens when you're not streaming anything and someone clicks on that link? Will it just take you to like a Boulevard banner? Yep. Or, yep. Oh, okay. It basically, if you go to it right now and pull up Boulevard Baptist Church, and it'll take you to a placeholder where it will be the next time, the next Sunday. So that's why we use YouTube, and we know that anybody that has a mobile device can watch it when they click that link from the browser. The one caveat to that is that we have we tell all of the individuals that are in the congregation or shut-ins hmm. that in order to do that on your mobile device, you have to have the YouTube app installed to watch it. Oh, okay. And so what it does, when you click that link, it goes over to the YouTube app and Mm -hmm. opens it up. So you couldn't go to YouTube.com on the phone's browser and watch the live stream. You You, have to download the app. You could, but you'd have to find it. Oh, okay. You'd have to go find the channel. And then go and then find the live stream on that channel. Gotcha. So if you find the link via the website, it's going to try to go to the app. That's correct. Gotcha. That is correct. We do Facebook Live for outreach. Hmm. So we put it out there for anybody browsing around on Facebook that happens to come across our live stream of the service or 
is just poking around looking for a new church and notice that we have the most recent sermon there or worship service, that they can watch it again. The thing that I love about Facebook and the live stream is it tells you how many people are watching just like YouTube, but it also anybody that's a fan of your page and they start watching it, it will tell you who they are and who's watching. Oh, that's kind of neat. And, and so you get to see, and you can have a messaging conversation in real time with the people watching. Very cool. Which is really cool. And so we're using uh, Facebook's content portal uh, to be able to do that, and it allows mm. us to manage that live stream. So we're using YouTube as an engagement tool for our congregation and for everybody that's members of the church. Mm-hmm. And we're using Facebook Live as an outreach mechanism for people browsing and looking or want to come back and watch it later. So it, it's been a really good tool for us. The mm-hmm. second thing we do that I love Wirecast for, it will live stream, but it will also record whenever I want it to. And so one of the things from a uh, from a process standpoint is when it's time for the sermon and we're in the middle of the live stream, I can push a button and it will record separately in a separate video that sermon. And what I do is some people don't want to watch the whole service. They just want the message. They just the want sermon. the message. Yeah. And so I record the sermon separately using Wirecast because you just push mm. one button to record it. Yeah. And I have a file that's just the sermon as soon as I hit stop, ready to go to upload just as a sermon. And I put that in a separate playlist. So it saves you a little bit of time yes. on the front end. Yeah. Yes. And so I upload every week. The, the service is already uploaded into a playlist after I live stream it. And then I re-upload the sermon so that people can just watch the sermon. Hmm. if they want to, and not the whole service. Very cool. And so <clears throat> all these tools give me that capability. Kind of cool, isn't it? Pretty neat. So is there a place anymore for the traditional uh, live event setup? I mean, obviously, if you know, if uh, Lady Gaga comes to the Bon Secours Wellness Arena, they're going to have a different setup than what we use down at St. Mary's or Boulevard. Yes, I. <clears throat> there is a place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, a lot of times they're doing these live events so they can capture high-quality production mm-hmm. for content to re-edit later. Gotcha. Yeah. So they want the, the highest-quality cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also uh, want to create an experience for inside that event with those high um, broadcasted on right. big screens. Yeah. So there is a place for that. We do that also mm-hmm. with one of our clients, the Fort Hill Clemson Club. Oh yeah. Where yeah. we bring in a whole team mm-hmm. to live stream that event inside the event. So we've got to have high quality cameras. Yeah to put up on a big 20-foot screen. And it's for the same reasons you mentioned earlier. Right. Yeah. yeah. So their scale is important, mm-hmm. but for small churches, this is a great setup. The cameras yeah. are great. The equipment is mm-hmm. very affordable and allows congregations to do something very attractive. Yeah. And I think even though, even though the scale setup does still have a place, 
think it's safe to say it's been kicked down the road a little bit with this setup. I mean, it's not that the line dividing the need for it has been moved down the road a little bit, I think. Yeah. yeah. We even, <clears throat> I know of a few people from our clients in the United Methodist Church that really put, use one of the um, tools we talked about in other live streams um, where they put their uh, iPhone on the Shure MV88 video setup. And they use the camera off the phone to live stream mm. directly into their page. Wow. So you can, they're just setting their iPhone up in front of the church and just recording the sermon or the service right in from the front using their iPhone. It's pretty cool. And you can do the same for YouTube. YouTube yeah. and um, Facebook make it easy to live stream directly from your phone. And so there's that capability that's even more scaled down than what we're talking about here. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I've, le- I've learned a little bit on this one. I'm, you're definitely the live stream guy, but I feel like I could uh, probably hang with you now. So I think you should. Cool. Well, you're the one that opened up the whole door with uh, taking it to your church. That's true. That's true. There's, al- there's always something we can learn. That's right. Upon, so. That's right. Well, thanks, everybody, for another Gear in Review. As always, this is Bobby Ratu. And Mark Berry. Y'all have a great day. Later. Later.